the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. Today we continue our series. It's the second half in our series of No Unanswered Prayer. That's powerful. That's powerful today. But before we go into our series, let's go to the Lord in prayer because we need him to bless us today. Father, right now, dear Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we humble ourselves as we come before you. Oh, our spirit cries, Abba, Abba. As we enter your holy throne room and we just come in for a moment and say, hello, Daddy. We just came to hang out for just a moment to be with you and just be in your awesome presence. Abba, Father, our spirit cries. Oh, and today we ask you to bless us. We ask that the eyes of our understanding would be opened. For the word says, those that have an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Oh, Daddy, today let us hear what your Spirit has to say. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, child of God, let's go forward. Now, in our series, we're talking about no unanswered prayer. Let's resign ourselves to the fact that God answers prayer. See, when I pray, I know God is going to do something, and I know that the outcome in the situation is going to be phenomenal. John five fourteen says this, and this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we already possess what we have asked him for. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to read that in another translation, the King James Version. Just driving a point home. This is what gives us confidence is the word of God. Now, first John five fourteen again, King James Version. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know, wait a minute, let's stop right there. If we know what? That he hears us. Then what happens? Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Now, that is the word of God. Oh, my goodness. 
Now, that's something to get excited about. He said, if we know that he hears us, then we know we have the petitions that we ask him for. Listen, God is taking the church to a strategic position of victory. And that would be you and me. God is calling the church to go back to its roots, go back to the beginning. You know, in the book of Acts, in the infancy part of the early church, the church Christianity was spreading like wildfire. We see Jesus instructing the apostles for 40 days after his resurrection and commissioning them. You remember what he told them? He said that he wanted them to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. Will you be a witness for him like the apostles? Well, maybe physically. God didn't call you to travel until the ends of the earth. But you are traveled to go there through prayer, to cover the lost souls of this world. And only you can do that. God will open the portals of heaven when you pray. Our Lord says this in Mark 13, 33, and also Mark 13, 37. Take heed. That means be on guard. Watch and pray. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Now, that tells us that everyone is capable of prayer, and it is the duty of all of us to engage in it. He says, I say this unto all. Do you realize why? Because through you, Christ demonstrates his power. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, you're the blessing in the land. There is going to be such an outpouring of God's spirit in these last days. He is preparing the church by calling us now to a place of power. Will you shake the nations with the only weapon that will defeat Satan? The weapon of prayer. Will you shake the nation and the nations of the world through prayer? He called you because you are made in the image and the likeness of God. Romans 8 and 29 says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. It says, Well then, shall we say in response to these things, what shall we say? If God be for us, who? can be against us. So wait a minute. So you've been called. That means you've been brought into right standing. And then you were given his glory, meaning you share in Christ's anointing. I'm convinced that the church is unaware of what it has. Miracle working, life changing power through prayer. That's what you have. You see, the disciples They knew the weapon of prayer. Prayer was their weapon. When the enemy came against them, they would stand up with powerful prayer and they would testify of Christ. Let's go to one miraculous scene right now in the Bible where two apostles appear to be in a bit of trouble. And Luke writes this. He says, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her owners. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are the servants of the most high God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. She did this for days until finally Paul got so exhausted with it. He turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And instantly it left her. 
Her master's hopes of becoming wealthy were shattered, the Bible says. So they had Paul and Silas grabbed and brought them before the authorities. The whole city was in an uproar, they told the authorities, because of these Jews. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. The crowd joined in at the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And afterwards, they were thrown into jail, and the guard was commanded, watch them closely. Now, why did they think these men needed to be watched closely? See, when they received these orders... They threw them in jail and fastened their feet. But the Bible says about midnight, I love that part, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, doesn't God always do things suddenly? Has he ever did a shift for you and things were going in one direction, and all of a sudden, suddenly, God does a new thing. Well, the Bible says suddenly there was such a violent earth shake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and all at once the doors of the prison flew open and everyone's chains came loose and the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew the sword to kill himself, to take his own life. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer rushed in trembling and he fell before Paul and Silas. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And remember, the Bible says that they told him, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And that hour, the jailer took them and washed their wounds and he and his whole house were baptized. Oh, wow. My goodness, what took place? What caused this man to want to be baptized? It is the demonstration of God's power that caused this man to believe. Because before that, they were just ordinary prisoners, weren't they? That's why God is releasing a prayer mantle over his people as never before. Because the demonstration of his power is going to cause souls to fall to their knees, believe, and be saved. How were the disciples able to withstand, though, the trying of their faith? The Bible says they overcame him. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Revelations twelve eleven. They believed in the suffering of Christ. They believed what happened on Calvary and they believed his resurrection and they testified of their belief. This gave the apostles power, confidence, and confidence to pray. You see, when you testify, when you tell someone about Christ, do you know that your faith gets stronger when you testify? That's how the Bible says that they overcame him. When you pray, heaven moves, and the circumstances in your life and in the lives of whom you pray, their circumstances change. When you pray, heaven moves, and changes happen on the earth. I want to share something with you. It was about the year 2000. I'll never forget. This ministry was on Holy Ghost fire for God. And it still is. People were hearing about the miracles through prayer. Well, we had just been on Channel 13 Eyewitness News. And it was for a little girl. Her name is Clarice Go. Her story is on our website. And we were raising money for her. We had a phone call to pray for her. And we began to pray for her. And When we visited with the parents, we found out they didn't have the money to pay 
for her leukemia treatments. So I had talked to Marvin Zindler's manager, and he was he's awesome. He got came aboard with us, and he said, we'll put you on the 6 o'clock news tonight, Valerie, and we'll let everyone know what's going on with this baby, and this baby needs money for its treatment. So we went on the 6 o'clock news, and lo and behold, within two weeks, God sent this baby into remission. It is so amazing. She was six months old at that time. She's grown now. <laughs> well, a man heard about the prayers and the miracles with this little girl. Well, I arrived at work one day, and I didn't know about him hearing about the prayer group. And so I arrived at work one day, and when I came in, my office administrator said, "Miss Valerie, she said, um, there's been a doctor, and he's called several times this morning and before you could get to work. And I said, well, what doctor? Who is this? And she said, I don't know. But he's called several times, and it's urgent that he speaks with you. And I said, well, okay. And before I could say any more, Another one of the office girls rushed in and she said, Miss Valerie, he's on the phone. That doctor, he's on the phone again right now. I said, okay, okay, put him through. Let me talk with him. So I went to the phone and when I came to the phone, he said, hello. He said, "Um, you don't know me, but I'm a friend of Clarice Go. I'm a friend of her father. And I said, okay, okay. I said, hello, sir. And he said, "Um, he told me about your prayer and he told me about the miraculous things that you all have been doing and I'm thinking okay this is another parent that needs money and we don't have any money and that's why Marvin Linder manager had to help us and um, I'm thinking oh boy and he continues talking I'm thinking I got to disappoint him and let him know that was a one-time thing we don't have that kind of money but I'm listening to him and he said my name is Hazdi and he said my daughter is going to have surgery tomorrow and she's nine years old He said she has a tumor behind her eye, and they're going to go into her head tomorrow. They're going to shave her head, and they're going to remove her eye. They're going to take it out, and they're going to remove her upper teeth and her lower teeth, and they're going to go in there, and they have to do all this to get to the tumor. I said, oh, I see, sir. And he said, I don't need your money. He said, I'm a doctor in my country. He was from the Middle East. He said, I don't need your money. He said, what I need is I heard about your prayer. He said, I don't want to lose my little girl. He said, and could you come to the Ronald McDonald house tonight and pray for my little girl? I said, absolutely, sir. I can do that. So Joan and I went to the Ronald McDonald house and something amazing happened. When we got to the Ronald McDonald house, we agreed to meet in the conference room. And when we got there, We pushed the door open. There was all these people in the conference room. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, how will I figure out who, you know, who is Dr. Hosdy? And so I saw Clarice, her parents, and their dad. And I said, hey, hey, it's us. And they rushed over. And I said, this gentleman, we're supposed to meet here, Dr. Hosdy, and to pray for his little girl who has surgery tomorrow. And he said, "Um, okay, okay. And so he raised his hand in the air and he said, everyone, everyone, Valerie's here from prayer, certain heaven. It's Valerie and Joan. And this whole big room of children and parents stopped. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And so long story short, we laid hands on more children that night. And then Dr. Hosdy came forward, though, shortly and said, I'm Dr. Hosdy. And this is my little girl, Anna. And this is my wife. And we prayed for them. And yes, she made it through surgery, and 
you know, a long story short. But but I'm I'm not going over her surgery tonight. And yes, she lived and and went on with her life. But what I'm talking about is this man heard about a miraculous move of God's hand. And when he heard about what happened through prayer, he knew that he felt if I could get to her, she'll pray for my child and my child will be healed. I'm talking about the demonstration of prayer that only comes through the church and that would be you. God wants to do miraculous things through your prayers and you are not left out of the circle. There's nothing in the Bible that says if Valerie prays, these things will happen. You know, the scripture we just read says that this belongs to all of us. That's influence in the atmosphere that you live in. And so, but God wants our understanding now to change about prayer. I'm making a shift here um, this afternoon. God wants prayer, the attitude that we have in prayer, the attitude that we have when we worship. He wants that now to leave the prayer place. He wants that now to leave the prayer room. He wants us to have an attitude of prayer everywhere that we go. He's taking you to another level now. God is saying that the worshipers, you see right now, the tendency is the worshiper says, I worship him when I go to church. I worship him in my prayer place. But now God is talking about a man in the Bible, Enoch. You know, the Bible says he walked and he talked with God. And then there's another man named Noah. The Bible says he found no unrighteousness in all his generations, but he walked and he talked with God. God is calling the believer to have an attitude of prayer, to live in that place of worship. Prayer is to be the underlying current in all that we do. Worship is to be the underlying current when you're in the courtroom, lawyer, when you're in the surgery room, doctor, when you're at the desk, secretary, when you're in front of a crowd, politician, when you're at school, college student, when you're at home, mother, when you are being husband, when you're being wife, wherever we are, whatever we do, God wants prayer now to be the underlying current. He wants the believer to rise up and walk and talk with God. And in order to do that, it has to become a way of life. It has to come out of the prayer place. We can't leave it at church anymore. Worship has to go with us everywhere we go. If we have an attitude of prayer, it'll change what I say. Would we hear hate spewed out in some of the places that we hear it if we had an attitude of prayer? Would we have some of the problems and the violence in our nation that we have if we were walking in an attitude of prayer? Well, God is calling the church to go back to its roots, to go back to its beginning when it was on Holy Ghost fire for God and prayer was the weapon of the church. Prayer was the weapon of the apostles. You see, what has happened is remember that Satan doesn't care about anything that you possess. Doesn't care about your car. Doesn't care where you live. Doesn't care about your level of education. He only cares about the knowledge that you have. And if he can get you to forget What you have, it doesn't matter what you are facing. At some point, you are going to shrink back down and fall in to fear. Fear is a demonic spirit. 
and it will weaken you down. But prayer must be our state of life and God must be our focus. That's what God is calling the church today. He's saying, go back to your roots. When we go back to our roots, that's when we can say depth, nor height, nor principality. Nothing separates us from the love of God. Then we take the limitations off of God. He's no longer limited. He's no longer isolated to a certain time and a certain place. God is calling the church. He's releasing a prayer mantle for us to walk in power, for, to, for us to walk in worship 24-7, for us to walk in obedience to the Spirit of God. And when we do this, that's how we see miracles. The Bible says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Now, that's an amazing statement. Well, it's time that we ascend to another level. It's time that we look around and observe the time that we live in. Will our present level of prayer defeat what we are seeing in our nation and the nations of the world? God is about to release this prayer mantle. And when he releases it over the church, it's going to knock Satan out of his lair. God is calling you, child of God, to come closer. He wants to amaze you. He wants you to have astounding experiences in prayer. God is calling us. He is going to give such mighty demonstrations. But you've got to know, you've got to remember that Satan is afraid only of what you know. A friend of mine had an urgent prayer need several years ago, and she called me. And when she called me, I had already left the house, and she left a message on my voicemail. And when I got that message, the little boy she was calling about was already gone. God had taken him. And so when I got the message, I called her, and I said, what happened? And she told me we began to pray. And God opened the windows of heaven and poured out blessings upon that family, where restaurants came forth to pay for food at the, after the service, and financial needs came in. I want you to remember today that God always answers prayer in one form or another. Revelation tells us that the prayers of the saints are stored up in vials, and that our prayers go before God as a sweet odor. So it comes up into the nostrils of God and our prayers are actually stored up. Are you waiting for God to do something? Well, I'm here to tell you today, wait just a little longer. Persevere just a little bit further and you will see answers to prayer. Expect God to answer your prayer. The psalmist said, I waited expectantly for the Lord and he inclined unto my cry. Wait expectantly, child of God. Expect God to do something, persevere, change the attitude of prayer, take prayer with you out of the prayer place, live in a state of obedience to God, look for him in the workplace. Remember that you are the Ark of the Covenant and that when you walk in, the presence of God walks in. You are alive, Ark of the Covenant, today. You walk in great power today. When you understand these truths, you will see that God's love never fails. When we walk in a continuum of worship and prayer, 
our prayer life is no longer mundane. It's no longer boring. It's not something that we resist or don't want to do. We find ourselves running to the throne room, to the throne of grace. God has entrusted you with impressive power. Will you use it today? In the book of Revelations, the understanding of prayer is right there in Revelations 5, 6 to 8, where the elders and the angels are surrounding the throne, where God is seated on the throne and all are worshiping God. Then we see Jesus come forward and take the scroll from God's hand. And you see thousands of angels, thousands of angels at the throne place. This is where God wants us to focus our attention in the throne room, realizing that the host of heaven, the angels are round about us, realizing this image in the book of Revelation. There is a shift in our understanding when we look at this. I'm Valerie Sneed of Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. Our lesson today, no unanswered prayer. Always remember, he is going to answer that prayer. When we pray the will of God, you will see results in some form. God is going to answer your prayers today. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.